0: It's good to be in the house of the Lord today with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Ruth, for that uh, time in worship. We appreciate you. Amen. Amen. Took me right on in. Amen. It's good to see you, Mother Shirley. Amen. Amen. Did you see some faces I haven't seen in a while? Amen. Welcome, TLC. I'm not going to be before you long. Um, I am... It seems like... I don't know what this is that I'm having. But um, <laughs> I'm having this time where the Lord is allowing me to preach what I have not mastered. And I know we don't master anything. I know that. Please hold your corrections to the end. <laughs> this is smart church. <laughs> Amen. Um, but there are things that I, I'm struggling with. And um, and the enemy, I was telling my wife this morning, the enemy would like for me to shut up because... The idea, you know, that we have in our flesh is, well, I'm the last person that should be able to speak on this, you know. But the truth is, is that's how the enemy gets a lot of things to kind of flourish and, and kind of go unchecked. So I am not preaching at you today. Um, if this applies to you and you can use this, then so be it. Um, But there are some things that I struggle with as a Christian. Not, you know, just a regular guy um, that I believe the Lord has put on the schedule to conquer. And as I am transparent and not phony and hypocritical, you know, God will meet you where you are, but if you're never there, (laughs) you know. If you're shucking and driving, then there can be no growth. Amen? So, pray with me. Father, uh, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I thank you for these people. You are holy. You are God and God alone. There's no one like you. No one compares to you, Father. Help me, Father, today to deliver this word in such a way, Father, that it brings fresh revelation to familiarity, Father. Help me today, Father, to look underneath these verses, Father, to see the treasure that you have left us, God. Where we are forever transformed, not only in our circumstances, Father, but more so how we feel about them. More so how we feel about you. Help me to shine a light today, Father, on Jesus Christ in such a way that he is clearly seen. That he is adored and worshipped, Father, and appreciated for who he is. I pray, God, that you are glorified in everything that I say and that I do. Help me to remember that I'm preaching for you and no one else. We are grateful to be here, Father, but you get all the glory and it's all for you. And we thank you for these things, Father. Um, forgive me, God. Forgive us all for the areas, Father, where we have sinned against you. For the areas where we have thought wrongly about you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the forgiveness that is already applied to our lives through Jesus Christ. And help us to move forward in truth today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, very familiar portion of Scripture. Very familiar verse. Give me one. Uh, Psalm 118, verse 24. Psalm 118, verse 24. I want you to open your Bibles today. and I want you to actually pencil some things in and if you have your phones highlighted or whatever you gotta do um, I want you to hear what the Lord is saying today very familiar portion of scripture we know this the word says this is the day which the Lord hath made we will rejoice and be glad in it that's my text that verse this is the day which the Lord has made, we will. Come on, Pastor Rick. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The title of my sermon today is I Will Rejoice. I will rejoice. Okay. By, by God's grace, the Lord has decided to make another day. The truth is, today would not be here if he had not chosen to make it. Furthermore, the day has been made, but God has decided that you and I would still be here to experience this day. Truth be told, there are a lot of people who thought that they would see another day But God did not allow it. The day has been made, but they are not here. Amen. However, you and I are here. And according to this very well-known scripture, we have a decision to make. Amen. We have a decision to make. We can decide... Whether or not we will rejoice or whether or not we will be glad. Amen? Yes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Yes. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The first word I want to look at is the word made. We, you know, we know this verse very well. We quote it. We wrote songs about it, uh, to it. <laughs> we sing it at church. You know, but let's not take this verse for granted. Let's examine this verse closely and think about what it says to us who have been graced by God in his favor to see another day. The first word. This is a day which the Lord hath made. The word made here It means to produce, to prepare, to fashion, to accomplish. In other words, this day does not just show up. It's made. God fashions each day, amen, that we get to experience, each day that we get to be in. So we should never think, that when we get up in the morning oh it's just another day that's incorrect God fashioned God produced God prepared beforehand this day it's been produced and anything that's been produced means that the producer has some requirements and some intentions for that day if I produce a song it's not just something that I just throw out there Amen? Amen? If you produce a painting, it's not just something you throw out there. You worked on that. You fashioned it. You shaped it. Amen? So, it's just not another day. Are you hearing me, saints? There's some thought that goes behind every single day that God provides for us. Bless the Lord. He has, saints, an expectation that goes along with every single day. It's not just another day. We are not just having days. This is the day that God has made. Somebody's getting it. Praise the Lord. All right, the next word I want to look at here is the word, you know, Lord. Who made the day? This is the day which the Lord has made. This word here, this name here, this word, this name, uh, Lord, is the word Jehovah. The name Jehovah. And that name means, and I, this messed me up. I got to contain myself. This word Jehovah here in this verse means the existing one. Uh, Right. Somebody get this. Jehovah. We got ah, Jehovah John, my provider. No, this is Jehovah, the one who's here. Yeah. The existing one. Yeah. Amen. Now, right here, we I'm gonna go on a little trip, and I want you to take out your, your you know your pencils and, and, and open up your mind for a little bit and let's put on our thinking caps here. For this is gonna be a little bit of a, a trip to kind of set this up a little bit. Because this is awesome. What we're learning here. God, Saints, He's so big. He's so holy. He's so perfect. He's so majestic. He's so awesome. And after I said all of that, the truth is that I'm using terms, earthly terms that I understand in order to define someone who is totally undefinable. I do the best I can, but we're, we're talking about God here. Amen? And the things that we know about God are things that can be revealed in his written word. He spoke these things to people. They wrote these things down for our benefit. He has supplied the word of God to us. We have it in our phones. We have it in our tablets. We have it in our Bibles. We have it everywhere, on a computer that is on the internet. We have word that can help us understand who God is, and and he can reveal some things about himself. But the truth is, is there are some things that even after we know and have memorized and studied and understood, he totally blows our mind because it's like my mind is not big enough to calculate who I'm really dealing with. He says some things about himself that I'm like, what is that? I don't understand what that is. In other words, uh, for instance, the word eternity past. Can go forward. I don't understand going back forever. You, you know what I mean? See what I'm saying? God is self-existent. Jehovah. The existing one. Whew. God told Moses when he asked the question. He said, well, you know, when I go down to these hard-headed people, <laughs> who am I going to tell? Send me. Uh, who's, who am I representing here? God said, I am that I am. The folks were arguing with Jesus, who is God? And Jesus was talking about he, how great he is. He, they were saying, you know, well, Moses this and Moses that. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, not I was. <laughs> I don't know how to calculate that. When it comes to eternity past, as I said, Lord, you, you lost me on that one. I don't know how to really go there. The the top of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is it okay if I talk about my father for just a minute? Okay. That's an amazing statement. Don't just go past that to the next sentence. Think about that for a minute. God had to be outside of the beginning in order to give anything a beginning. That makes no sense to me. But that's who he is. My mind can't calculate all that. That's who he is. Amen? Nobody would ever say that about themselves. They'd have to be God. You can't even come up with this stuff on your best day. Amen? These are true statements about God. Anyone who has the ability to start the existence of something has the right to have authority over the something that they've started. I'm going to say that again. Anyone who has the ability to start the existence of something has the right to be in a place of authority over the something that they've started. Which means the creator gives to the creation its purpose and not the other way around. Are you following me? Just track with me. I know I'm kind of going around, but I'm coming back. But I need to set this up because I want you to understand who we're responding to. Amen? Here's a brief snapshot of what we are here to do. Give me Psalm 100, another easy and, you know, uh, famous scripture. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. There's the rejoicing part. Amen? Serve the Lord with gladness. There's the attitude adjustment part. Got that? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Here we go. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. There's the transformational truth that we need to always remember. I belong to God. He made me. Where's my song? Where's my thankfulness? Where's my rejoicing? I need to serve with gladness. I'm not here to do what I thought I was here to do. Where's my song? I'm talking about God here. He made me, not the other way around. Where's my rejoicing? Are you hearing me, saints? Amen. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture, we are under his care. We belong to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Enter, as my dad used to always preach on, into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. To be in the presence of God is to give thanks to God. What are you saying, Pastor? The door of entrance into the presence of the Lord is thanksgiving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you want to go into the presence of God, start saying thank you. Uh, That's how you get in the door. At that moment, you've left this world without leaving the planet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you can keep your stuff, your mind on all your issues and all your problems and all your your concerns and all your worries, all you want to, and you can carry that around all day long until it gets heavy, or you can drop that stuff and give God some praise, give God some worship, give God some glory. Rejoice in the Lord carry your burdens, or drop that stuff and leave it there and give God what he's supposed to get. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, God. You're so good. You're so awesome. You're so wonderful. I don't know how I'd make it without you. At that moment, you've left the planet and entered into the kingdom without your feet even leaving the ground. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. Try it and see how you feel when you're burdened and you're heavy. Amen. I, I deal with these things and these emotions that come from out of nowhere. I don't know where they're coming from. Concerns and issues. And the moment I say, you know what? Thank you, Lord. You know what? Thank you, Jesus. I'm up here. She's just parenting. That happens. Every single time I get my mind on everything else, I can feel heavy. The moment I begin to give God some praise, the moment I begin to say thank you for everything you've done for me, do you know what happens instantly? Those worries can't compete with that praise. (laughs) Those worries can't compete with that thank you. One is going to cancel out the other. One of them has to go. (laughs) <laughs> amen, amen, amen. All right. Uh, give me uh, Psalm 118.24 again. Psalm 118.24, back to the, our text scripture. This is the day which the Lord hath made, and here's the decision. I'll get there. There's a word here called rejoice. Now, I will rejoice. I can say that I understand that I need to rejoice or I've decided to rejoice. But what does rejoice mean? Have you ever looked? I didn't know. I didn't know. This word has a very specific meaning. Amen? Very specific meaning that's not very obvious. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. This word does not mean just walking around smiling just because. I'm just happy. Just decide to be happy. That's not what he's talking about. Amen? It does not mean smiling to be smiling. This word rejoice means to exult. E-X-U-L-T. Write that down. The word exult. I will rejoice. I will exult. That word means to feel or show triumphant elation or jubilation. Amen. To feel or show, or can I say express? Amen. Triumphant elation or jubilation. Amen. To rejoice is to show. That you're triumphant. Woo! To display that you are triumphant. What does triumphant mean? Triumphant means winning a battle, victorious. I will, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will show that I am triumphant. Oh, not just smile. No, no, no. This means to rejoice. It means to carry the feeling internally and display externally that you are victorious. Huh. You're quiet. That's good. You're listening. I didn't know that. I had no idea. I'm just thinking, yay, throw your hands up. Express, you know, yay, Jesus. No. It means you're rejoicing because you are victorious. I will display victory. Mm. When we all get to heaven, what will we be doing? What a day of rejoicing that will be. That will be. Why, will we rejoice? Why are we rejoicing? Because we have won. There's something that we have won. There's a battle that we have won. There's a victory that has been given to us. What happened? We should be dead in our sins, but we up in heaven rejoicing and saying, Aha, I made it. I'm here. God has given me salvation. I'm not going to hell. I rejoice that I've won. So when we go back to earth, (laughs) we display. I get up in the morning and I display, saints, this is the will of God concerning us. This is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be rejoicing. He wants us to be displaying something that has already happened. I am victorious. I am triumphant. Amen. Amen. I get up and remind myself that I am triumphant every day this is the day that God has made and he has made me to rejoice he has made me to express that I'm victorious we were made to rejoice we were not made to complain if there's a polar opposite (laughs) Other word rejoice, it would be complaining. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will spot off a list of everything I don't like. No. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will tell God what I think about his decisions from our life. <laughs> no. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will frown. I will be complaining about everything that has not happened for me yet. That's not what it says. If there was an opposite of rejoice, it would be complaining. Amen. We are told to rejoice not only because God said so, but because complaining is not only not helpful, complaining, I found out, is very dangerous It's dangerous. Psalm 95, 6 through 11. Hang with me. Psalm 95, 6 through 11. The word of God says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. This is not a suggestion. This is a command. For our own good. Amen. For he is our God and we, here it is, are the people of his pasture. Same thing. Amen. And the sheep of his hand. Amen. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. What is that? As in the day of temptation in the wilderness. What happened in the wilderness, Lord? Verse 9. When your fathers tempted me and proved me, tested me. Your mom used to say, don't test me. (laughs) Proved me and tested me, right? Proved me and saw my work. They saw God's goodness. They saw God's faithfulness, and they still complained. Somebody's getting it. Verse 10 says, 40 years long, God says, I was grieved with this generation. Woo! And said it is a people that do err in their heart. That word err means to wander and stray away. Amen? In their heart. There's something wrong. Don't you know that you were made to worship and praise and be thankful and and be grateful and rejoice? But you're complaining? Don't you realize this is against my plan for this day? <laughs> There's an error. God help me, because this is my issue, Saints. Is anybody else going to be honest about this? Is it just me? Woo, okay. All right. They complain. He said they, they, they err in their heart and they have not known my ways. They complain about God's provision, God's choices. They were basically saying, God, uh, I don't trust what you've decided. Uh, (laughs) How do you tell somebody who's perfect that they made a mistake? That just hit me do you say someone who knows all things and can do all things and is not limited by anything huh who's all powerful who's everywhere at the same time who's never late for anything that somehow he's made a mistake God help us God help us and what happened as a result of the complaining verse 11 Unto whom I swear in my wrath, he's angry, saints, that they should not enter into my rest. The day of provocation, Numbers eleven and one. Where's it at? Yeah, Numbers eleven and one. Numbers eleven and one. Write it down. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and His wrath, His anger, see it right there, was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. I'm move a little quickly now. Just write these down. First Corinthians ten and ten, New Testament. Don't grumble, as some of them did, and were and then were destroyed by the angel of death. That's what's that's what's happening here. That's what they're talking about. Amen. Something happened. They complain and complain about God's perfection about God's decision, and then God said, time's up, that's it. I will put up with no more. I will not have you pretty much call me out of my name. (laughs) I am God. I don't make mistakes. That's not who you're talking, that's not who you're dealing with. Okay, so what I'm saying here is, There is something that we got to realize. There's a danger in complaining. Okay? This is not something I'm learning that I need to take lightly. I need to find some kind of way to be like, wait, sorry, Lord, wait. Wrong. I I had a moment. Let's just just scratch all that. Put Put that whole paragraph under the blood for me. Just... That's not what I meant to say. I'm having a moment. Forgive me, God. Right? I don't feel like going to work. I've been married to you for twenty You kids never wait 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 wait. I wish these church members oh wait, wait, Lord, what God help us. Right? That's that's how we it's in us. It's sin, people. It's sin in the midst of God's goodness. Wow. God help me. Here's the command. First Thessalonians five eighteen. First Thessalonians five eighteen. A little different translation, you know it, but I'm trying to take these scriptures that we know and dig a little bit. Okay. Be thankful circumstances For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus Who do you belong to? Jesus. What do you do? He bought and paid for you with his blood. And what does he want you to do? He wants you to be thankful. Amen. And what? All circumstances. Amen. Philippians 2:14 Yeah, we just we studied this a while ago. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Oh Lord. Do everything. Uh, What? Serve the Lord with gladness. There it is. New Testament hasn't changed anything, and the old testament is the same thing. God has not changed. Amen. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Philippians 3 and 1, I'm telling you. Complaining is dangerous. So God has given us something to help us. Amen? Philippians 3 and 1. Let me just show you this lightly so you can see this. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, what? Rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens. Then look at this next statement. And some people, I said I wasn't going to do this, but I got to do it anyway, just in case these biblical people check this. Some people think that this statement that I'm about to make is connected to what's preceding, and some people think that this statement is connected to what I just said, what we just read. But either case, the bottom line is there is a command here, no matter what, to rejoice, no matter what happens. So what is he saying? I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your Faith. There is a danger when you don't rejoice. There's a danger. No matter what curve life throws at you, learn to rejoice because if you don't do it, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to fall into the temptation of complaining. Start rejoicing before you start complaining because it's not safe. Oh, help me, God. It's not safe for you. <laughs> it's not good for you. He does it to safeguard your faith. Woo! Oh! It's better for you to rejoice. Oh, here we go. Just a couple more scriptures. I'm almost done. Philippians 4 and 4. We know this. Here's a command, saints. It's not a suggestion. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. This, saints, is what we are created to do no matter what we are doing. Are you hearing me? Whatever we are doing, we are to be worshiping, praising, rejoicing. Amen? Amen. Let me say this to you. You are not at your best when everything is going right for you. No. That's not a good indication that you're okay. No. You are not at your best when all your dreams come true. (laughs) You're not at your best when you get everything that you've wanted. The right husband, the right car, the right job, the right school to put him in. He's got a football contract. He's cute. He's faithful. Everything's just going just right. He listens to me. (laughs) That's for my new married couple. (laughs) It's just, I got it. God, you're good. God, you're good. You're not right. You're not okay. You're not at your best when everything is going just the way you want it and you're getting everything you've asked for. No. If all of that happens for you and you're not able in that to worship God, to praise God, to rejoice in the Lord, then you are not at your best. Why? Because you're not doing what you're created to do. A great day to me is if everything was going just the way I wanted it to go. I leave my house. My wife made my chicken right. I'm on my way to the job. There's no traffic. They lowered the gas price when I pull up. It was $2.50 instead of almost 6 The coronavirus has disappeared. Come on, we got our list. Come on, think about it. Inflation, did you know how much I paid for children's cereal this week? It was crazy. That's not a great day just because everything is going smoothly. Everything is going right in your life. A great day to God would depend on if you rejoiced. Ah, a great day to God would be whether or not you said thank you. A great day to God would be whether or not you fell on your knees and you worshiped the God of all creation being created. Amen? Did I complain or did I praise? Huh? Did I rejoice? Huh? Huh? Here's the thing, saints. Life is not about what we think it's about. Life would be so much easier if we would do what we were created to do. Life is going to be nothing but much harder if we don't do what we were created to do. The world system tells us that life is about having things, getting things, achieving goals, We look on Facebook and we get depressed because everybody graduated from college. Everybody got a new job. Everybody got a new car. Everybody just got married. Everybody's posting every wonderful thing about their life. And I'm just going, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm trying to be happy for people not being sinned. It is just depressing because all your children are doing well. (laughs) Wow, I'm so happy for you. The world system tells us that it's about getting stuff, having stuff, achieving stuff. And we start to believe that lie, and pretty soon we get depressed and stressed out to the point to where we can't do what we're created to do. Why? I can't worship the Lord and give him praise. Why? I can't do what I was made to do because my mind's not even on the Lord. My mind is not even on the goodness and the mercy of God. Instead, my mind is focused on everything that he has said no to so far and everything that I can't get right now and everything I can't achieve just yet. And what does that do? It caused me to be stressed. Saints, that's not the original plan. Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had nothing but the planet that they were stepping on. Amen. All they had to do was breathe and praise. (laughs) Take in some air and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, they didn't have to achieve anything. They didn't have to provide for themselves. It was already there. Amen. So evidently, God has a different idea of success than we do. Amen. Amen. They didn't even have clothes, people. Come on. Nothing. Nothing but the presence of God and a bunch of stuff that they were like, ooh, that's cool. What do you want to call that? Oh no, i think about it. Let me just praise the Lord. I'm hungry. Let me just go get something off this tree. <laughs> you know, then I clock in first and check my account first and see if I have enough first. No. Just let me just go ahead and get I don't have to achieve anything. I don't have to do anything. I'm blessed. God has provided everything. Amen? We were made saints. Not to stress ourselves out trying to get stuff. We were made to worship. We were made to be thankful. We were made to be found rejoicing. Are you hearing? But what happened? Satan came along and said, you know what? This is nice and all, but you got something missing. Right? And they stepped out of their original purpose from that point on. That point on. Amen? We've all been stressed out ever since. Mm. Too stressed to give God praise. Too stressed. To realize how good God is. Too stressed to say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for me. Too stressed to say, Lord, I'm grateful. Too stressed to say, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Too stressed to rejoice. The truth is, we worried about a bunch of stuff we weren't even supposed to be doing anyway. (laughs) Right? Right? We were made to worship, we were made to rejoice, we were made to be thankful. That is the purpose of our existence. The elders will be laying down their crowns, worshiping God. We learned something this week in the Bible study. Thank you, David, and thank you, Pastor Rick. The beautiful thing about heaven and where we're going, even after we're glorified, saints, is we'll get to see him. And seeing him, saints, is going to be such a distraction that I don't have time to do anything else. I'll be too busy excite, being excited and too busy worshiping God. I'll be too busy thinking about him. And as I look at him, the more I look at him, the more I'm changed. The more I look at him, the better I become. The more I look at him, even after being glorified and so-called perfect, I'm still going to be looking at him. He will be the focus. We will see Jesus as he is. Amen? And that's the key. That's what's wrong now. Looking at stuff instead of him. That's it. Where's your song? I don't have one. Why? I'm stressed out. Why? I took my eyes off him. I stopped thinking about him. I stopped thinking about how good he is. Amen? Stole my song. Oof. We were made to worship. This is the purpose of our existence. So here's the question, and I'm not going to say nothing to try to excite you. I'm not going to say nothing to try to, I'm not the type to preach folks up out there. See, I don't do all that. I want you to think about it, and that's between you and God. (laughs) Okay? But here's the question. Did you praise God today? If we are supposed to be rejoicing always, guess what? The day's not over yet. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, <laughs> rejoice. Huh? This is what we were made to do. We can still have a good day, according to Jesus Christ, according to the Father. We can still have a good day. Why? Because the day is not over yet, and I still have time to give God some more worship. I still have time to give God some more praise. I still have time to feel differently about my stuff. I still have time to lay these burdens, these cares down, and give God what He's due. Bless the Lord bless your name God you are good you are worthy of all the glory all the honor and all the praise I will bless you Bless you, Lord. I will give you thanks. I will give you praise. I will bless you for what you've done. I will bless you because you're good. You gave me salvation, God. You prepared away from me, God. I'm going to paradise because of you, God. There's nothing this world can throw at me, God. I cannot be defeated. I've already won. I've already won. The battle's already won. I am triumphantly victorious because of Jesus Christ. I will bless the Lord. At all times. The day ain't over with yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if we could stay there. If we could just stay there and give God praise, huh? For oh, his goodness. Amen. We were made to worship and not to complain. Amen. We are accountable to God for our praise. We are accountable to God for our thankfulness. We are accountable to to God to be content. We are accountable to God to be found rejoicing. Amen? The truth is, saints, I'll say it again. We wouldn't even be here if, the self, if it had not been for the self-existing Jehovah God pressing the start button on your life. And we would not remain here if he had not compressed the continue button on your life. Are you hearing me, saints? And for that and that alone, my existence, I give him praise. I give him glory. I rejoice in him. Amen. Amen. I want to say this before I end. It is important if you are here or if you are listening to this streaming service and you have not received Christ, it is important that you receive Christ. Not just accept that he is Christ. Receive Christ. Amen? Christ made you. He knows why you're here. He knows that you sinned against God. He knows that we have not done what we were made to do. He knows that we've gone our own way. He knows that we've erred in our hearts. Amen. He knows that we've sinned and rebelled against him and lived in rebellion. He knows all those things, and he died for us anyway. He died so that we can be forgiven, and that That guilt would be placed on him instead of on us. The wrath of the Father was placed on the Son and not on us. But you have to repent. You have to turn from your sin. You have to trust in Jesus Christ for salvation or that wrath will remain on you. Amen? So today is the day to choose Jesus. Today is the day to choose Jesus because only he can save you from the wrath of God and only he can renew your mind till you even know why you're even here in the first place. To know your purpose. Amen? We were made to worship him. When we get to heaven, that's what we're going to be doing. And we will enjoy it. There'll be nothing better to do and to glorify God, worship Him, be thankful for Him, and rejoice in Him always, forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? We were made to rejoice and not complain. Amen? I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Amen?